Psalm 118. Now, if you've been here for the last, I don't know, months, we've been giving you a different mindset every week. You know, in uh, Proverbs 23, 7, it says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so we've put in different mindsets to renew our mind to the Word of God. What does that mean? I've got to start thinking in line with the Word of God. And when you start thinking on the line with the Word of God, things will begin to happen. Actually, Joshua himself said in Joshua 1, 8, he said, don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it in there in day and night that you may observe to do everything that's written in it, and then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. And so part of it, guys, is, is I've got to get the Word of God in my thoughts. How does that happen? It only happens one way, that you begin to spend time in the Word of God. And every now and then you'll come across Scripture that will really, really pertain to something in your life. I'm going to tell you, write it down. And begin to get that on the inside of you. And watch what God will do. Now, to trust God is an act of obedience. And trust is the very opposite of worry. If I'm trusting, then I'm not worrying. But if I'm worrying, I'm not trusting. And so I think many times in our lives, we try to become martyrs of worry it's almost just an honor we think to be great warriors well it's not god doesn't want us to do that now i want to give you a little insight here on something look at the 118th psalm and look at verses 8 and 9 and this is just where we're going to start at here tonight before we really get going psalm 118 verse 8 and verse 9 it is better to trust in the lord than to put confidence in man in any man. I don't care who it is. You know what I found out about human beings? Even in my own life, I'm going to let you down. I'm not going to do it intentionally, but it's just the things of mankind. So he tells us here, put your confidence in God and not man. Now look what he says in verse 9. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princesses. Why am I saying that tonight? Well, I want every one of us in this room to understand something. I don't care if, if George Washington was alive. I don't care if Abraham Lincoln was alive, JFK, Ronald Reagan, or Barack Obama. Because I'm not going to put all my confidence in men. I ain't got quite in here. That's not a slap to any man, guys. It is saying this. We better get our eyes on God. Okay? That is my confidence. That's my trust. And so that, that is a breath of life to every one of us in here. Just trust God. Just live for God. Now, that's not what I'm talking about tonight. But, you know, all you got to do is look at what happened last night. And, and this may be mind-blowing to you, but 50% of our society was glad and 50% was mad. But you know what the bottom line is? Once again, if you were here Sunday, we got to come together. we got to come together, and the only way that's going to happen is the love of God, the love of Jesus. And I, I still believe with all my heart, guys, that America's best days are still in front of her. I believe that. Man, you guys are a quiet bunch. Some of you say, I don't believe that, Pastor. Well, jump in here with me. Jump in here with me. Let's just believe God. The things are good. It's all right. Things are good. 
No matter what it looks like in the natural to any of us. Now go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, and we're going to talk a little bit about some areas of our life that every one of us deal with as far as the areas of, of worry. Matthew chapter number 6. I want you to see something just real quick here in verse 11. Now this is smack dab right in the middle of the Lord's Prayer. And in verse number 11 it says, Give us this day our daily bread. This day. Today. He doesn't say anything about tomorrow. And he doesn't say anything about next week. He's saying, give us this day our daily bread. I believe there's a grace for today. And what I mean by that is, I think we need to learn to trust God for today and trying to always trying to figure out tomorrow. Trying to figure out next week. Now, you know what? I can stand here before you and say, I have that problem. I try to, to figure out tomorrow before it's already here. And I think this is what he's telling us. Just enjoy the day. God will grace us through this day. I like to say it this way. Yesterday's over and tomorrow's not here. So guess what I got today? Today. And so don't get over and fret. Now in this same passage here, jump with me the same chapter down to verse 25. Jesus' words and he says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry. Do not worry. Now, that word worry there suggests a distraction, a preoccupation with things that cause anxiety, with things that cause stress, and with things that, that even get over in the areas of worry and care and pressure. Jesus' words right here, he said, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry. Now, look what he goes on to say. Don't worry about your life. What will you eat? Or what will you drink? Nor about your body. What you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And so Jesus right here, he's, he's giving us an insight here. He's telling us there's another way to live this life and it's not by worry. Have you been? Yes, I've been there. I've been there where I've said out of my mouth, what are we going to do? What are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? Many times I look at the month and I've got more month than I've got money. We've all been there. But yet Jesus right here gives it. He said, don't worry. Don't worry. Once again, why? If I get over and worry, I'm not going to be trusting. Keep reading with me. Verse 26. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into their barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Yeah, we are. And I don't know about you, but many times, especially in the winter, if you'll look up on the high lines, the power lines, you'll see the little sparrows up there. Now, I've never seen the sparrows just freaking out, just in a state of panic. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Their feathers are all ruffled, and they're all just, what are we going to do? Oh, you know, I mean, the, the, the nature of the sparrow is God's going to take care of us. And he tells us something here. Now, look what he gets in in verse 27. Which of you, uh, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? You know what that means? Can add one span to his life. In other words, you can worry all day long. It's not going to extend your life one bit. That's verse 27. Then jump with me down to verse 31. Therefore, do not worry 
sane. Now, you want to kick worry into another gear? It's one thing to think about it. You want to really kick it into a crazy gear? Start voicing your worries. And it seems like they will start multiplying. What are we going to do? 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 And he warns us again here. It's amazing to me in this chapter how many times he gets over on the things worry. Now he ends right here in verse 34. Look at this. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. In other words, he's saying each day is going to have its own problems. Now, as many times as we've read this here, do you not think Jesus isn't trying to get a point across to us? And I believe even when he says these things, he tells us, here's your options. You can worry, but you don't have to. How do you know that? Well, I want you to see something. In, in Matthew 6, this is the key right here. Look what it says. But seek first the kingdom of God. But seek first the kingdom of God. Now, you know what I believe part of that he's saying to us? Every one of us in, the, in this room will have opportunities to worry tonight, tomorrow. And I think when things begin to happen to us, the first thing I should seek is Father God. And you know what even part of seeking that is? Is begin to pray. Begin to say, Father God, I put my trust in you. I need your help. And he says, seek first the kingdom of God. Can I give you a little insight about the kingdom of God? Romans 14, 17 says this. The kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but the kingdom of God is in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so what happens in this is when I become kingdom-minded and I understand, you know what? My father's going to take care of me. I don't know how, but I do know this. He's going to take care of me. Now, the word care that we see there, or the word worry that we see, that he talks about in verse 25 and verse 34, those are found in the parable of the sower. And that's, go over a couple books to Matthew 13. I want you to see this. Matthew 13, just a couple books. That same word for worry is found in this, this passage here. Now, you got to see this tonight. Because this will help you. Man, this stuff helps me. I get this on the inside, and it stirs me up. I'm going to tell you guys, even the years that I've been a believer, there's days I still have to fight worry. I still have to fight anxiety. I still have to fight pressure. And guess what? As long as you're on this earth, there's going to be that opportunity. Some days you just sense life trying to squeeze you. Some of you are saying right now, that is my day today. Well, it's good you're here. You need to hear this. Matthew chapter 13. And in the parable of the sower, he starts talking in verse 18. And in verse 19, he says, and when anyone hears the word of God. And then in verse 20, he says, then he who hears the word of God. Now, once again, we started talking. I got to start hearing the word of God. Two things happen when you hear the word of God. Number one, it'll transform your mind. But Romans 10, 17 says that, that the only way that faith comes is by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
And so i got to continue to hear the Word of God. Guess what? Every time you read the Word of God and you start allowing the Word of God to get on the inside of you, it's almost like in the spirit realm, you are working your spirit. Man, your faith, and, and before long, it's growing, and you've got these big old pie-pie arms in the spirit realm, being eating a lot of spinach. And so what happens when the things of life comes around, you under, this is what God's Word says. Instead of drifting over to worry, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? The first thing that comes out of my mouth and even the first thought is, this is what God said. This is what God Can it be that way? I believe it can. Now, here we are in, in Matthew 13. Look at verse 22. Now, he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitful of riches, they choke the word. And he becomes unfruitful. Now it's important here that it indicates there will be ones that will hear the teachings of Jesus. They will hear the word of God. And you, you see right there it says the ones who sown in thorns is the one who hears the word. But the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word out. The New American Standard says this, the worry of the world. The New International Version says, the worries of life. So what ends up happening, even with each one of us in this room, I can hear the Word of God. And I can hear what the Word of God says, but before long, if I'm not careful, the cares of the world Start coming in. And it says they will literally choke the word out. Two things. The cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. How many of you have ever worried about money? Every one of us in here. What is money? It's just a, a, a thing that how our earth operates. But once again, if I'm not careful, the cares of this world am, will begin to choke the, 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 the things that got out. And when that happens, guys, it's going to kick us into a thing called worry. So what do I got to do here? Well, I can't become a chronic worrier. I can't become a, a, a worry wart. Many of us, you know what happens? We, we have this thought. If I think about it long enough, it's just going to disappear. You're reading my mail. Yeah, and I've done that. Or I think if I think about it long enough, I'm going to get a handle on it. You know what this is really? This is what I call the treadmill effect. You've got a lot of energy and a lot of activity, but you're never going to get anywhere. You stay there all day and the problem is you keep going and you keep going. And you lay down in your pillow at night and your mind takes back off. What are we going to do? 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 And you know what that ends up happening? That becomes the devil, guys. What you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do? And when you tell him, shut up in the name of Jesus, then you know what he does? He goes to your friend and he says, tell him, what are they going to do? What are you doing? And so the next day, your friend calls you and says, what you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do? You sound like an expert. This has happened. This is real life to every one of us. So what's the key here? Well, he tells us some things here in verse 23. Look what Jesus says. But he who received the seed on good ground is he who hears the word. Once again, guys, it is big for me and you to hear the word of God daily. 
daily, especially in areas of your life that you're having to battle in. I'm going to tell you guys, get the Word in you. Look at the Word of God as, as the breakfast of champions. Look at it as a multiple vitamin. And he says, he who hears the Word and understands it. Now, you know what the word understand is all the different translation. It says, he who comprehends it, but this is the one I like the best. He who grasps it. The one who grabs a hold of the word of God. You know what that means? When the cares of the world come, and guess what, guys? You read every one of those passages, they're going to come. They're going to come. It's just the things of life. And I'm not speaking evil over of you. But you know what? There's going to be a day you're going to need some new tires. There's going to be a day when your kids are going to need, Daddy, i got to have new tennis shoes. There's going to be a day when just things happen. And guess what? When you grasp the Word of God, when life's cares show up, you're grounded. Man, you got that. And you say, uh-uh, uh-uh. And when worry tries to come, you look at worry and say, I'm not impressed with you. Why? Because I begin to put my trust in the living God. And this is exactly where he wants us to get to. Look, at, look in Proverbs chapter 3. This is, a, this is a favorite of mine. Proverbs chapter 3. Now, as you're turning there, just remember this, guys. Quit, quit voicing and speaking all your worry. Quit doing I'm going to tell you guys right now. When I begin to speak my worries and things, and my life becomes a wreck. It becomes miserable. You know, it wasn't this many years ago. I, I bet it was in the last three years that it was in early December. And thank God for all of you who give and tithe. But at that time in our church, the, the economy had turned some. And man, I'm telling you, we, we were not making it very good. And as I begin to look at things, here we are early December. And my thought is, how are we going to pay our staff? How are we going to pay them? And I'm telling you guys, worry began to grip me. And me and Shelly had to run to Dallas for a couple days. And I'm telling you, the first day we were down there, it literally squeezed the life out of me. I mean, I'm driving and my mind is thinking, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? We go to eat. And, and before long, I could tell, and maybe this will identify with you, I had a glassy look over me. I mean, my son would talk to me, my wife would talk to me, and I was there, but I wasn't there. I mean, my mind is moving, it's moving and moving. And finally, I understand, I can't change things. Only God can do that. So I remember sitting there, and I said, Lord, I can't change any of this. This is out of my control. This has got to be in your hands. So I said, Lord, you just do it. You just take care of it. What is this? You're going to see it right here. And I'll finish the story in a second. It says in, in Proverbs 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not under your own understanding. Trust in the Lord and lean not under your own understanding. You know what the message says there? It says don't try to figure everything out on your own. I was doing that. And so once I got over and said, Father God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm just going to give it to you. The next couple of days that I was there, there was a peace that came on me. Once again, I can't trust and I can't worry. I'll either trust or I'll worry. And so there was the peace that came upon me. And, and just to tell you what happened, within the next couple weeks, 
there were two significant gifts that came into this church. Bless you. Thank the Lord. But once again, it gets over. I realize there's times I can't control things. I can't do it. Now look what he goes on to say in verse number 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your path. Now the only way he's going to direct your path is guess what? When I begin to acknowledge him. How do I acknowledge him? I begin to pray. I begin to just voice my concerns to him and say, Father God, this is where I'm at. This is what's going on. You said in Psalm 50, 15, call upon me in the day of trouble and I'll hear you. I'll help you. So when I look at all this, you got to understand, the Lord won't start until you stop. What do you mean? God can't help you as long as you're worrying. And so once I stop worrying, God starts moving. I'm going to show you biblically what I'm meaning that here in a minute. And so guess what every one of us in this dream need to do? We need to throw ourselves a retirement party. That we're retiring from worry. I'm not going there no more. I'm reti- I've retired from worry. And this only happens, guys, when I begin to get the mindset, okay, Father God, you got to help me. I'm looking to you. You're my source. Now, to end tonight, I, I want to go to 1 Peter 5. I want to go to 1 Peter 5, and this, this, this is great stuff right here. That's way back in the New Testament. Right after uh, Hebrews and then James, and you'll come to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5. You know, many times in our lives, we've said this. Well, there's nothing we can do but trust the Lord. Well, there's nothing we can do but trust the Lord. How many have ever said that? Every one of this. Every one of us. Now, when we say that, I realize that's not very appealing to God. You know why it's not very appealing to God? Because I think it's like saying to God, this is our last ditch effort. We've exhausted everything we know to do. And you know what? I guess I'm just going to give God a chance. Every one of us have done that. We've said stuff like that. I've said this. Well, you know, I guess we can pray. Are you kidding me? I mean, when I hear myself say that stuff, I want to say, man, you ought to slap yourself. To be able to pray and to trust God, you know what that is? That is an honor. That's a privilege to say, okay, Father God, I'm going to trust. Think about all the things we trust on a daily basis without even thinking about it. Every one of us, we plop our rear down in our favorite lazy boy, Many of you are going to plop your rear down in a chair at a kitchen table. And you know what? Not one of us check the legs and say, man, I hope that thing holds me. We just, take, mm, we just trust it. And then on the flip side, I mean, when we get in our car, for the most part, most of us don't say, man, I hope this baby starts unless you've had a bad battery. And then you may. But most of we just get in, we take it. Just It's going to start. It's going to work. Things are just going to How many of you lay hands on your refrigerator? It's going to be, still be working tomorrow. No, we just take it for granted. And before you go, turn on the lights in your hallway tonight. You don't say, oh, Father God, bless my lights. I hope they can. No. We just kick them on. Why? We just, and so my, my point in saying that is many times we've gotten over, and I say we, I'm in the same boat as you. I put more trust in the things of this earth 
than the very God who I believe with all my heart created me. Now get this in 1 Peter chapter 5. The last part of verse 5, 1 Peter 5, 5, it says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, you know why God resists the proud? Because the very essence, the very being of pride and arrogance was the devil. That's why he got booted out of heaven. Because of the stench of pride. So think about this. Anytime I get over in pride, there's a, 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 a fragrance that goes off of me. It's called leave me alone cologne. It's a stench to Father God. He doesn't like it. Because why? It reminds him of the devil. But it says here, he gives grace to the humble. And you know what the humble is? Humility says to Father God, I need your help. I need your help. Two areas of humility. One is, I need your help. Number two, a great thing of humility is to repent and say, Father God, I repent today for, for getting over and worrying. I for, uh, for, uh, repent and ask you to forgive me for that. So he gives grace to the humble. Now get this in verse 6. Therefore, humble yourself. Where and how? Under the mighty hand of God. And look what he said. That he may, Father God, may exalt you in due time. You know what due time is? Later than you think. But he said something there. That he will humble you. You know, think about this. Before you showed up on the earth, it took nine months. And they talked about you. Oh, he's coming, he's coming. Or she's, well, it took nine months. And so, so many times we get in a hurry with God and instead of just getting back and saying, I thank you, Father God. I think, you know, one of the best things you can say over yourself every day is I thank you today, Father God, that I'm not a complainer. I'm grateful. I'm just grateful. And when I go through life thinking I'm grateful, I'm grateful, I'm going to tell you, it, it washes that sourpuss. Instead of me looking like I've eaten lemons all day, he changes my lemons into lemonade, and life just becomes so much better when I walk. I thank God that I'm grateful for what I have. This is part of what he's talking about here. Now you get into verse 7. Listen. Casting how much? All, all your cares, your worries, your anxieties, your concerns, your burdens on your wife. I can say that because I try to do that periodically. No, you know what he said? He said, cast all your care upon him. Now, I believe you can get a mindset of that. I mean, I, I really believe there's times that you just, whoa, and let there be light and sound and everything went. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I, I get the drift. 